Welcome, friends, one and all, to the Geek Galaxy Video Game Show. I am your host, David Gable, and I want to thank you so much for taking the time to drive on by or fly on by or walk on by, whatever you did, to come in and just listen to me talk about uh, something that I love, which is video games. Um, so since this is still a rather new show, I'm going to break down how it sort of works. The first half of the show will be based on uh, discussion topics surrounding the three main uh, video game kings that we have right now around Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo. The, uh, after the break, um, I will kind of just run down some of my thoughts on upcoming video games that I think are kind of interesting and kind of intriguing to me. And then I'll have a little uh, game reflection about a game in the past that I really enjoyed or um, one that I didn't really enjoy or maybe one that um, just kind of popped into my brain for one reason or another. Um, yeah, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it and you'll come back and you'll listen and uh, we'll all have a good time. All right, very cool. So... <clears throat> Big week for video games this week. I want to start off with uh, Xbox, actually, first. Um, so, the Xbox One is beginning to launch with its uh, backwards-compatible games. Uh, as, we, as many people will know, back at E3 this past 2015 year, uh, Xbox and Microsoft announced that they are going to be launching a backwards-compatible system uh, for many of their Xbox 360 games. And original Xbox games, I believe. I'll have to double-check, but I think it's also original Xbox games to be able to be playable on the Xbox One. Uh, now, Phil Spencer just uh, a couple days ago confirms that uh, actually as of Monday, um, November 9th, uh, 100 backwards-compatible games will launch for the Xbox One system. Now, that is, that is a huge thing because we are kind of entering into the moment, as video game fans, we're kind of entering into the stage where these company juggernauts, the Xbox and PlayStation, they're going to start dipping back on their support for their um, older systems, the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360. As far as, I'm, as far as it's been so far, they have continued to support uh, both, both um, hardware systems, um, not, necessarily, not necessarily with software, but they, um, they continue to uh, uh, support the online functionality like um, PSN and Xbox Live. Um, you still get games with gold if you have an Xbox Live Gold account for your 360. Um, and the same can be said for PlayStation. You still have, um, you still get free games if you play for PlayStation Plus. Pay for PlayStation Plus, excuse me. Um, but right now, this is about the final year when both companies have said 2016 is going to be a final year when um, the companies are going to just, 2016 is it. They want you to move on to the next systems. And I think uh, the fact that it, they're going to have a backwards-compatible system, uh, at least Xbox in particular, the fact that they're launching a backwards-compatible um, campaign so that all the games you've... or most of the first and second party games that you've accumulated over the past, oh God, I don't know, eight years of owning an Xbox 360, they're going to support that on their Xbox One. I think that's pretty crucial because that gives... Not only does that entice people to move forward, but that also ensures Xbox One owners that there is just their library just expands exponentially. Because the Xbox 360, I think we can all pretty much agree, was the king of last generation uh, when it came down to Wii 360 and PS3. Um, they were the dominant console place. Um, they had it all. They had third-party backing like nobody's business, and they had first-party. Um, they had some. You know, scratch that. First party was not that great, I'll be honest. Um, but, you know, they 
they were the king. They the Xbox 360 were where is was where it was at. In fact, I bought my 360 just because all my friends were playing it, um, and I wanted. I was tired of missing out on the action, so that's why I, you know, plunked down the money to go and get that sucker. Um, I still play my 360, and it's a really I I enjoy those games and the fact that. All, all those games are now going to be supported on the Xbox One. That's just that's awesome to me. Um, so yeah, keep an eye, keep a lookout for that. Um, I don't know. I don't have the full list in front of me as of now, um, but you can definitely assume that they'll be mainly Microsoft licensed games. Um, I see that this is where it gets difficult. I'm not sure what the spec what the specifications are. Like I don't know if Ubisoft games are licensed. I would have to imagine they are. Um, but EA um, and all those uh, big top tier third party developers uh, not exactly sure what the state of it is so just keep an eye out for that Xbox fans um, and then on another Xbox topic um, Halo 5 has reached a 400 million dollar sales record uh, this makes it the biggest Halo launch game to date now that is okay Pardon me, not launch game, the biggest Halo launch to date. Now, that is something that's actually quite intriguing because I think most people who pay attention to the video game industry will be able to kind of concede and recognize that Xbox, while it hasn't been failing, is definitely not number one. Not, not anywhere where it was compared to the Xbox 360. Like, okay, so the system Xbox One is still outselling Xbox 360. That being said, they are not outselling the PlayStation, not by a long shot. They're doing well. They're doing well. I don't. I'm not trying to listen. Anyone who's getting worried about Xbox One, don't don't worry about it. They're they're in a good spot right now. They are just uh, not ahead of the competition right now. PlayStation is winning right now. But anyway, um, the fact that a game that is pretty much the pure staple when it comes to Xbox is doing this well after this long a time, and this this is great because. Reviews came out, and a lot of them bashed the story. I have yet to play Halo 5. Um, I know the gameplay is solid. Uh, I checked out the beta, and um, the game, the multiplayer beta. The gameplay is solid in that. In that, It's really advanced. It feels a bit like Advanced Warfare, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, in its new gameplay, which I think is a, actually an improvement. Um, so... It's it's just more mobile. The shooting's just as tight as ever. I think three three developer three three four three um, industries yeah three four three industries. They did a really good job um, in terms of the gameplay this time around. Uh, one of the things that this game got knocked for, which I think is also a Halo staple, is the story. Uh, many uh, video game outlets have said that the story is subpar compared to the likes of especially Halo Four. Um, which kind of left uh, fans and gamers with a lot of suspense, a lot of just a lot of questions about where the series would take place next. Now, I've avoided all the spoilers, so I, I can't speak to that personally. Um, but I, I, I was a little disappointed to hear that because while the multiplayer is always fun for me to check out, that's not the main reason that I go for a Halo game. I go for a Halo to nowadays definitely to check out Chief's story. Because I like to see his triumphs. I like to see his tribulations. I, I, he's become a part of my life. I've been playing Halo for a good eight years now. This is crazy. I, I love Chief, and I love his adventures. And Locke, I felt, was such a cool... Uh, the presentation of the idea of um, Spartan Locke as an adversary. A guy just not with, without all the information, yet still just doing his job. Um, I felt like that was such a... Um, 
such an intriguing concept, especially for Halo. Um, I feel like uh, the story, it, it's, it serves itself very well, especially in a sci-fi setting, a sci-fi military setting. A story like that could be really cool. Um, but I can't speak to that. But the fact that, going back to the fact that it's four, $400 million in sales, that's crazy. That's a crazy number, especially considering that the fact that the Xbox is Xbox One, while outselling the 360, is not on the same level as PlayStation 4, um, and still dealing with maybe a little bit of a commercial backlash due to their original intentions, which I think is appropriate to say. I mean, the fact that it reached 400 million dollars in sales is just—it's an amazing thing to see. It's an amazing thing. I—I I, I would classify myself as an Xbox guy. Uh, before PlayStation, so the f- the fact that I'm seeing um, that there is still a lot of love out for Halo, a lot of love out for Chief, and a lot of love out for Xbox, despite not being the king this time around, it's it's really um, it's encouraging to see, and it all, and I think it also encourages Microsoft to say, hey, listen, all right, we did good this time around. That being said, we need to make sure that next time is going to be even better to justify the fact that more people want to come to this game. And maybe we'll even bring a few PlayStationers over. Maybe we will. Um, I think I think a note on bringing PlayStationers over is the fact that, okay, so I think the evidence can kind of be seen that most people who played 360 in last generation translated over to the PS4 primarily because that's where everyone was going. Now, whether or not they bought an Xbox One along with the PlayStation, I can't say for sure. I would imagine that that was the case. Um, but again, it's, it's kind of hard to tell at the moment. Um, so the fact, so considering these sales and considering the reception that Halo 5 has, Halo 5 Guardians has just, uh, received, um, Microsoft places them in a really good spot. Now, I suppose we can assume Halo 6, if we consider the cycle between Halo 4 and 5, which is, we are 2015 now. Halo 4 came out in 2012, so there's about a three-year cycle, and I believe the same goes for Halo 3 and 4, although that might be a little different because it switched from Bungie to 343. Actually, you know, you'd have to consider Reach and Halo 4. I don't know. Anyway, um, it was three years between Halo 4 and 5. We could most likely assume that Halo 6 will get to us around 2018. Um, Now, traditionally... From what we've seen in terms of core titles, uh, there's been about two core Halo titles per system. Um, so, for example, Halo and Halo 2, That was um, those were Xbox games, Xbox OG games, if I'm remembering correctly. I don't know. It's been a while since I've played those games. Uh, and I didn't get the Master Chief Collection, so I can't specifically say. Um, I do know Halo 3 and 4 were Xbox 360 games. Um, so Halo 5 Guardians and then the officially... Um, and then the unofficial Halo 6 will most likely be the ha- Xbox One cycle of Halo games, um, main series Halo games. I mean, we're obviously getting Halo Warzone, um, Halo Wars, forgive me, Halo Wars 2. Um, so that should be interesting to see what kind of new um, spin they placed on it personally. I didn't love the first one, um, but, you know, Microsoft has enough confidence to be able to bring that series back from the grave. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, but in terms of Halo 5, congratulations. Uh, it's fantastic to see games do this well. It only encourages the growth of the industry and the growth of respect in the industry, um, I think, because these aren't, most, these aren't just 
kids with $60 in their pockets. These are people intelligently spending their money on what they will invest their time in. And this is this is before something like Fallout. So, I mean, this should, this is something that should be considered a success, I think. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. Um, it's awesome to see Halo do, continue to do so well, and this only increases the intrigue for me personally into what Halo 6 will become. All right, so now we're going to move on to PlayStation. Now, PlayStation had their Paris Games Week conference. Um, This is pretty interesting to see because this year... Oh, jeez, I can't even remember. It's been been a while ago. But I don't remember a lot of PlayStation activity during um, E3. There might have been some, but I think that was mainly the Xbox and Nintendo show this time around um, and the third-party developing show. Um, But anyways, um, PlayStation... PlayStation came to play at Paris Games Week. They had a nice conference. Now, I don't want to mention everything. Um, I'm just going to kind of rattle off uh, the stuff that really did catch my eye to begin with. Um, So I'm just going to rattle off stuff and then kind of talk a little bit about everything that I found to be the most intriguing from Paris Games Week. Because they were were the kings of the news this week, uh, PlayStation. So here we go. Um, there are some new uh, heroes and villains to play as in Star Wars Battlefront. That is Boba Fett, Han Solo, Princess Leia, and Emperor Palpatine. Uh, the Street Fighter V roster expands. Tekken 7 was announced. Uh, the Battleborn beta will be available to play for 2016. Um, Marks Matterfall was announced uh, with a nice uh, teaser trailer. Uh, no Man's Sky continues to build up some hype. Uh, there's some Gravity Rush 2 footage, Gravity Rush 2 coming to the PS4, the uh, sequels to the uh, popular and successful uh, Vita game. I mean, in terms of Vita and how it goes. Um, we got some new footage of the game Wild. Uh, some wild footage. Ha, ha, ha. Get what I did there. Wild footage. Uh, I guess there's a reason I did this show alone. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, the final was uh, the new Media Molecule game uh, called Dreams. So yeah, um, just going down the list. Uh, first thing, the new characters for Star Wars Battlefront. I'm sold on this game by this point. Um, beta was successful, I think. Everything looks great. It feels like Star Wars. It feels like Star Wars Battlefront, I guess is what I want to say. Um, the only thing about me, in terms of, the, uh, in terms of these new players, um, I think... The characters that shoot, such as Boba and Han, will lend themselves a little better to the main formula. Uh, Luke and Vader, they were a little weird to control. I mean, I'm not going to say they weren't bad, but it was a bit awkward, a bit into, I don't know. I was indifferent towards the heroes this time around. Um, just didn't do for me what like something akin to Star Wars Battlefront 2 did back in, I don't know, what was it, 2004? 2005, I don't know, um, but yeah, I don't know, uh, I think Boba and Han are going to be more, more, um, I don't know, just suitable for a game of this style, especially considering it's dice, um, Leia, uh, is being classed as kind of like a support leader, so she's going to be able to, I assume, um, bring up some real nice defense, um, in the case of if you're losing the game, which would be cool, um, and Palpatine, Palpatine looks cool, I mean, I'm just gonna lightning everybody, I'm gonna force lightning the hell out of everyone, when, you know, when I get that, when I get Palpatine, so I think that's gonna be fun, um, Street Fighter V roster expands, now, I'm not a big Street Fighter V guy, 
I'm not a big Street Fighter guy in general. Um, it was before my time, and really, I by the time I kind of got really into video games, it was just you know Super Street Fighter Four HD Alpha Remix um, or something like that. I don't, I'm, I'm clearly exaggerating, but um, it's good to see them going a little forward in the direction uh, in terms of uh, some updated uh, character roster. Like I know they're adding new characters. Um, a lot of people seem to be very excited about this game. I personally see a bit of a correlation in terms of with Mortal Kombat X. Um, so I can't. I don't. I don't know. Um, it's always nice when you get a nice plethora of characters. Uh, by the end of this announcement cycle, before the game is released in what I believe is February 2016, um, there will be 20 characters announced, with uh, six characters coming as DLC. Now, the interesting thing I found out about those DLC characters was you can play, you can buy these characters with the in-game currency that you earn in the game. Um, there will be most likely an obvious option to buy the characters with um, just physical money and not have to grind for that in-game currency. But the fact that they offer it is um, pretty nice. It's something that I wish maybe something like um, Super Smash Brothers did. You know, like just make maybe make an incredibly a uh, high price range for the in-game currency, but you know what that does is it keeps people playing your game and it just entices people to earn those coins, which I like is what Street Fighter V is doing. Um, so that's always good to see. Um, Tekken Seven was announced. Um, Tekken is not a personal favorite of mine. I I definitely much more appeal to the Nether Realm fighting games, um, which is kind of simple in their combo system. Even even something like Street Fighter Five, Street Fighter Five, um, even something like Street Fighter. Pardon me, not Street Fighter Five. I haven't played Street Fighter Five. Anyway, um, the when it came to Tekken and Street Fighter, those were always little. I, I don't know. For me, it never felt as precise. Like when I was able to play Mortal Kombat or you know something like Injustice or even quote unquote. Or even, I don't know if I would count this as an actual game, but Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. Um, there was a specific combo set list, and it pretty much translated throughout the entire uh, character roster. And it was easy to understand. It was always, you know, three-button combo, um, which I liked because in that time, you know, with the way the characters moved, it was easy to kind of attack people. And it felt really good because I felt like I was really learning, because every time I would pull off a successful a special move or a special combo, I'd, I'd be like, oh my god, I want to try another combo. Okay, so I'll press XXY, XYX, or something like that, you know? And it, was the, it, was, um, it always felt really natural. Um, stuff like Street Fighter, Tekken, and even something like Marvel vs. Capcom, I always felt like I could just kind of button mash my way through them. Um, I kind I mean, stuff... I, I was always able to take skills and sort of apply them from other fighting games like Mortal Kombat to those games to something like Tekken um, but it never felt as natural with me um, maybe that's just because I didn't grow up on the original um, D-pad system of doing things every time I play a fighting game I have to use the um, the sticks um, so who's to say I mean I don't it's great to see the, this series moving forward as well because I think it's a tentpole Sony series uh, which they should support, especially considering they have the largest audience that they've had in a long while. Um, so it's, it can only be more than good. Um, I'll have to wait and see a little bit more of the fighting to be able to make a more definitive statement, but right now I'm feeling okay. 
All right, um, moving forward, we uh, the Battleborn beta for 2016 was announced. Now, this is a Gearbox uh, multiplayer-only game, from what I understand. And in terms of Gearbox, Gearbox is a great developer. Uh, they do all the Borderlands games, for those of you unaware. Um, they got such a goofy sense of humor in terms of their gameplay, and um, what I'm liking specifically, they are advertising their main portion for their beta will be um, 5v5, which I think is great. Um... It's akin, actually, to reminds me of the multiplayer mode that many of you may not have played, which is um, <clears throat> excuse me, the Batman Arkham Origins multiplayer. Um, basically, that was a that was a three separate teams. Actually, it was three v three v two. Um, three people will be on Team Joker, three people will be on Team Bane, and two people will be Batman and Robin. Uh, it was on a very um, close, uh, very a uh, small map. And uh, it was a very tight corner, and just it, I felt like that just increased the suspense of um, the gameplay even more so. I don't know if that's the way Gearbox is going to go with Battleborn, but the fact that it's 5v5, it's got a smaller team, it might be even a smaller space, I think that um, I think it lends itself to a little bit more cooperativity than your average um, multiplayer mode would. Um, so I'm, I'm intrigued, I'm intrigued, I'm intrigued as hell about it, I'm definitely going to check out the beta if I can, um, so yeah, it's good stuff coming from there, um, another big thing was Housemark's Matterfall was announced, um, now, Matterfall, this was just, this was literally just a teaser trailer, it's the same thing that we, um, we saw when we, uh, first learned about Halo Xbox One, where it was just Chief, you know, walking across the desert in his, like, uh, poncho, um, so that it's, it's, it's basically the same thing here, we see a masked figure with the ability to manipulate his weaponry, uh, assumedly with his mind, uh, fight these manipulating enemies, um, I mean, <laughs> people are gonna hate that I made this comparison, but I found it a little similar to the controllable matter from Transformers 4, a movie that many deem terrible, I personally enjoy it, but, you know, I'm not gonna get into that right now, um, so I don't know. I think as a game mechanic, it definitely lends itself more to a much more active and maybe a much more interactive uh, way to play games. Um, and for those of you unaware, Housemark um, is pretty uh, has has gained some notoriety, um, some positive notoriety on the PS4 for things like Resogun and Super Stardust Delta. Um, these twin sh these twin stick shooters, which are doing very well, they're very successful. Um, and they're fun to play. So, I mean, if I, I'm getting the feeling that Matterfall isn't really like that, but if it is, then hell, give it to these guys because they, they obviously know what they're doing. Um, and they do, and they do really solid gameplay. I am personally, if this is a, a narrative-based story, I am a narrative-based game. Pardon me. I'm intrigued to see what it will end up looking like. Um, so, but that's all I really have to say because there's not much to say because we didn't see any gameplay or anything like that. All right, um, moving on to No Man's Sky. Now, No Man's Sky has some pretty big hype going for it just because people are considering this like the new, at least the way I'm uh, seeing it being received, they're seeing it as like the new Skyrim or the new Fallout, um, not unlike the actual new Fallout that's coming out, um, where it's just this expansive experience we can go to various different plan and planets and just you know travel a galaxy um filled with all this content um now i listen to these guys called kind of funny they do this thing called the kind of funny game cast 
Um, and one of their, uh, one of their uh, main speakers, Colin Moriarty, he pointed this out. He said he's worried that um, there's going to be a lack of content or lack of diverse content. And what he says by that, what he means by that is he's, he's, he's under the impression that there might be a scenario where these planets and these enemies that you will end up fighting um, or the things that you'll end up collecting will be just ca uh, carbon copies of one another with maybe different skins or different colors or something like that. Um, which I think is plausible because if you're going to make a game this big, that would be some corners that you would cut in order to be able to defy, uh, to you know, sell it and to push it, out of the, push it into the stores. Um, I personally am hoping that's not the case. Um, I am hoping this is actually more like a Star Wars type thing where like every single planet you go to is different in terrain and environment and the people there are unique and diverse and the technology is just almost, you know, night and day with one another. And I, it, it's, it's intriguing as hell. I am personally not as hyped for it because I probably will wait and see what the reviewers say. And since I'm not a reviewer, I'm not getting any demo you know, copies or anything like that. So, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. That's, that's, that's the thing I can say. Um, and I'm still looking forward to seeing how what else they put out for us and what else they shoot show us. All right. Um, moving on, we got Gravity Rush 2. Uh, it's good to see that there's, you know, activity going on with Gravity Rush. Um, I personally enjoyed the game on the Vita. I think it should have stayed on the Vita. I... I understand want to be wanting to create new IP and being able to put it on a platform that will embrace it openly or at least get it on the platform with the most um, audience. It just seems, especially after, I guess it's two years already on the Vita and it's really not sold all that much better. It seems a bit odd. But hey, this could be akin to this. This could be, um, this could be similar to the... Uh, it, could, it could be a literal juxtaposition to Tearaway Unfolded for... Uh, PS4, which could be interesting. Um, so yeah, Gravity Rush. I mean, it, it's look it's looking nice. Um, they're adding some new stuff, from what I can tell. Um, new ways to be able to manipulate your gravity and um, move through a stage, which could be interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really don't have a lot to say for it other than that. Um, I'm just disappointed it's really not coming to Vita actually. Uh, cause the Vita needs some, the Vita needs some love and they're only getting it from indie developers, which is great. It's great. It's great to see indie developers having like a dedicated platform essentially. Um, that platform's going to be lost eventually. Um, that's, a, and that's a sad thing. All right, moving on. Uh, we've got some footage from the new upcoming game Wild. Um, I'm a little murky on this game's development history. I am hearing... From some areas that it was announced a few years ago, and now we're just getting footage of it. I can't speak to that, but um, it'd be interesting to hear. Uh, from what I'm seeing, it's standard fare. I mean, I think it's still in early development, from what I can tell. Um, there's not a lot of activity going on from the uh, tech demo that we saw, in my opinion. Um, you see animals here and there, but you're not seeing um, much else, I think. Jeez, I think you could see um, a rival clan in the wild. Um, I don't know. Uh, but it's looking okay. It's looking okay so far. I'm personally not as excited for that as something like Far Cry Primal, which I think is going to do it, do this prehistoric um, journey much better. Um, but it looks okay to me. It looks serviceable. I 
probably won't. I'm not. It hasn't increased my injury in it, but it looked like whoever's going to buy it is going to have a good time. Um, and yeah, that's all I have to say on it. And uh, finally, from PlayStation, we got a demo from Dreams, the new Media Molecule game. Um, this game in particular has been re- receiving a little bit of crap, um, mainly because I think most people felt that it didn't really explain what it was supposed to be. And I can, while I can understand that, I still think that people are taking it and not really kind of just sitting back and kind of understanding what it's supposed to be. Um, apparently it's going to be another build-your-own-level game, um, uh, similar to the likes of, uh, Little Big Planet, name almost eluded me, apologies, but, um, and it looks pretty cool, I liked, it had a lot of charm to it, I think, um, especially when they displayed all the different kinds of games that you would be able to make or play, um, and I think... I mean, okay, listen, when it comes to Media Molecule, I didn't love Little Big Planet. I could appreciate its popularity, but I didn't love it. But Tearaway, I did love. Tearaway was so freaking charming. I was smiling within like the first 10 minutes of that game. It was adorable, and it was amazing. It was so much fun to play. Tearaway. So if this is anything like Tearaway in terms of spirit, then I'm all hooked. Because, And especially considering that's the feeling I'm getting from Media Molecule right now. I'm getting that spirit, that whimsical spirit. Which is something I think a lot of games, apart from something like Mario or, you know, like Animal Crossing, are missing nowadays. And I think Media Molecule is the leading developer outside of Nintendo that is really just trying to keep things light and keep it fun. And especially for a game, especially for a, for a world where Minecraft is considered the most whimsical game outside of Nintendo, I think we need more of that activity, um, which is great to see. So, I mean, it's, it's awesome. I, I loved the Dream Demo, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to be paying attention to them uh, very closely as time goes on, because I also love Media Molecule. Um, I love what they do. I, I, they're probably some of the most creative people in the industry right now. Um, so I will pay attention to them very closely. All right, well, that is the end of our PlayStation coverage. I'm going to close the discussion topics with Nintendo. Um, now, this news is a bit old as well, but again, um, Nintendo is very inactive right now. We know they have a weak winter coming up. Um, I think they just have Mario Tennis Ultra Smash releasing. Like, that's their big Wii U game, especially considering Star Fox Zero got pushed back, um, which is a darn shame, although I think most people in the plugged into the video game industry would understand that. Um, but anyway, uh, okay, so... We've been hearing a lot of news about Nintendo beginning to develop mobile games, particularly with this uh, mobile developer, DNA. And uh, just recently, they announced what their first mobile game is going to be. Uh, They have described it as Mitomo. So it is a Tamagotchi-like game utilizing me characters, and it's meant to be a social communication service. I mean, this is, it's, it's, it's really disappointing. It's really disappointing. I, especially considering after we saw um, Pokemon Go, um, which is not developed by DNA, but it is being done with the Pokemon company. Um, after we saw that footage and we were so intrigued by the idea of it, of uh, being able to just play Pokemon with anyone who has a smartphone, that not only does that increase 
the range and opportunity of Pokemon trainers and Pokemon players in the world, that also, you know, that, that's, that's good publicity for Nintendo because, because considering they... Jeez, what are, do they own the Pokemon company? Are they partners with the Pokemon company? Either way. Considering they work in tandem with the Pokemon company, it would only lend itself to more success. And Anyway, um, the fact that Nintendo is coming out of the gates with not a Mario game, not a Zelda game, but a me game. A me game. Like, I don't, I don't understand this. I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, a lot of people are speculating that this is due to the fact that they are really aiming for the Jap- Japanese um, demographic, considering that usually Japan will be the leader of the representation of Nintendo. And this time they haven't been, considering... Um, I, think, I think it's a direct reflection of 3DS sales in Japan. Um, now, I, don't, I, don't, I can't speak to it too much, but from what I understand, there's um, even considering the entire world, they are significantly small in Japan. And it's because everyone has a smartphone um, over there. So this, I think this is a direct appeal to them, especially because the Japanese um, historically love tam- Tamagotchi uh, more than most people would. So I think this whole social aspect is really garnering towards them. But again, referencing um, kind of funny again, uh, Colin Moriarty said that Nintendo needs to figure out what Sony figured out um, this console cycle and figure out that your champions of the champions of your company and your system are not going to be at your home in Japan because that's what is it 100 million people in Japan there's 350 million people in America alone and they're not the only place that are buying. like look at look at Europe Europe has some of the most has some of the most you know um spend spending hungry gamers in the world they will go and buy sports games. They'll go and buy party games. The, the Europeans love games, and they are—they're not really the the social people because everyone has a Facebook, everyone has a Twitter, everyone has an Instagram. We have all this. We don't need Mitomo. I can understand that this is exciting for people who like Tamagotchi. This is an interesting endeavor for Nintendo, to say the least. But this isn't what Nintendo needs in order to be able to kind of push them into the mobile world and to be able to kind of, you know, distinguish them as doing something truly, truly different from what they've done this, these past four years that the Wii U and 3DS have been out. I don't know. It's just, it's disappointing to hear. Um, another Nintendo news, uh, my Nintendo is the new membership program that is replacing club Nintendo that was shut down a couple years ago. Um, not much to be said there. I think it, can, I, it connects to your Nintendo Network ID and it essentially replaces Nintendo Network ID. Um, you'll still keep your Nintendo Network ID, but I think it'll just be called a My Nintendo ID from now on. Um, so expect to see that pretty soon within the next year at the very least. Um, I'm, I'm good to bring it back. Um, personally, I think when it comes to Nintendo, uh, they have the best to offer in terms of a rewards program. Um, like, the digital stuff was weak, but I always liked it when I got something physical. Um, whether it was, like, a little booklet or some pencils even or whatever. I thought, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was a really cool program. Um, now, if my Nintendo maybe just ditches all the digital rewards and keeps it all physical, that would be superb. 
Because Nintendo has some really cool stuff that they could offer, especially since it's linked with like everyone's childhoods since the 1980s. Um, so that'd be awesome to see. Uh, but yeah, not much more to say on that other than the fact that it's good to see that they're making progress on it. Um, and I will hope that... It, I hope it does well. I'd like to see it do well. I'd, I'd like to see something nice come out of it for fans. Um, but we'll see. All right, moving on. After the break, I'm going to talk about my anticipated game and my game of reflection. And I will hope to see you all afterwards. Stick around. section uh the first thing i'm going to talk about is an anticipated game a game that i'm looking forward to that's coming out within the next couple of months i'm going to kind of explain it to you why i'm interested in playing it maybe i'll interest you in playing it when it comes out um but we'll see all right so first thing that i want to talk about is my anticipated game now i am looking forward to this little game called just cause 3 uh developed by avalanche studios now avalanche um they're, they have built up the Just Cause franchise. They also just recently did this Mad Max game, um, which I enjoyed. I didn't think it was perfect, but I had a fun time running around, especially considering I just saw the first the Mad Max Fury Road that summer, um, which I thought was really cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so Just Cause 3, why am I interested in playing it? Well, when it comes to Just Cause 3, I always feel like it does open worlds right. Um... It gives you the ability, it gives you the freedom to just run around and really explore the area, as well as equipping you with the necessary tools to be able to um, play the game effectively and really enjoy yourselves. Just Cause 3 has always, uh, not even Just Cause 3, the Just Cause series has always been um, very, very gamey. And what I mean mean when I say very gamey is that it's always lent itself to uh, general gaming norms and just really separating itself from reality for a little while. And that's something I've always really enjoyed. It's, it's very similar in the vein of something like a Metal Gear Solid 5 where it doesn't, it has a serious tone, but the game itself doesn't take itself too seriously. It's, it's, it's letting the player have fun while it plays in its, you know, sometimes serious world or environment. Um, and I think, it's it's just always um, enticed me to keep going. I l- I've always liked um, the control scheme in Just Cause Three. I think the shooting is pretty nice uh, for third person standards. Um, I think flying around in that parachute is or that parasail, excuse me, is freaking unbelievable. Like it's some of the most fun I've had navigating an open world in like ever. Um, especially it's especially easier than doing something like free running. Um, well, you can free run. Um, the uh, what is it the Zip line, I'll, I'll call it. The zip line and the uh, parasail combo has always just been super fun to do uh, and super fun to utilize. Um, so yeah, uh, this time around, uh, more spy action with the main character whose name is slipping me because I haven't played Just Cause 2 in forever. i got to get back to doing that and prep for Just Cause 3. Um, more spy action, more blow-up action. Um... And, I mean, there's not really much more else to say about it. You're going to be able to shoot stuff. You're going to be able to blow up stuff. You're going to be able to drive stuff. There is so much, um, there are so many vehicles that you can use in that game. You can use motorcycles. You can use 
cars, you can use planes, boats, um, you name it. Now it might seem a little, it might seem less if you compare it to something other like um, Grand Theft Auto. Um, but I will always say this: uh, Just Cause is superior in control to Grand Theft Auto. I don't, I don't even Grand Theft Auto Five. It is superior in control to Grand Theft Auto. Um, the world is interesting to explore. Um, this is no longer in comparison to Grand Theft Auto. The world is interesting to explore. I've always had a fun time just running around and, um, like I said, shooting stuff and even just uh, trying. There was this one time when. Okay, so I was playing Just Cause 2 with a friend, and I was, it was actually one of my first times I was playing it. And I really wanted to ride a motorcycle for some reason, because riding a motorcycle in an open world game is just badass. Um, so I really wanted to ride a motorcycle, but it ended up being like in the middle of a mission, a mission to um, take out some mercenaries, or take out the enemy, or take over a base. It's slipping me, because it's been a while. But, so I wanted to take a motorcycle, but I didn't finish the mission. So I still had people chasing me, and these and these AIs were chasing me all around. This was in the woodlands. So to try and take a shortcut, I tried to go through the woods, but it was the weirdest thing because they ended up following me through the woods. And we got to this uh, about this ditch where everyone just kind of toppled over each other. And so I had to jump off my motorcycle, and then the cars just kind of uh, toppled over me because they were trying to hit me because um, they thought they could do that because that's the nature of AI. Um, <laughs> Oh my god, it was it was it was a really fun time. Um, so and it's and it's little tweaks like that in something like a Just Cause game that it it just lends itself to being so much fun, man. You know, um, and that's one of the things I'm going to be looking forward to the most by the time Just Cause Three comes out. Um, now I I don't want to say go out and get it yet because I mean I know many people might be a little tired with the uh, tropes of open world games. Um, but I can tell you this, if you're going to get anything this holiday, okay, first off, you have Fallout, obviously. I don't even need to talk about Fallout. You're, you're going to get Fallout anyway. Fallout is projecting huge numbers. But if you're going to get something else other than Fallout, ask for Just Cause 3. I think it's going to give you enough of an entertaining time, and it's going to give you enough of a longevity of time that it's going to be bang for your buck, and it's going to leave you with, um, with, with little feeling of just um fun that you might not have had in a while um because that's what just cause is just cause is just cause is fun it's high octane action at its finest and it's i think it's i think it's unique in that aspect excuse me um okay so now we're moving on to their game of reflection now this is a section where i just kind of talk about um some games that um i've played before um, whether I liked or didn't like it, um, and I just kind of talk about it, because um, maybe it'll intrigue someone out there to go and check it out for themselves, and I think it's also just nice for me, because I'm a nostalgia freak, and I like to talk about what I've already done. All right, so, uh, the first, this game, this topic, pardon me, um, I want to talk about it, is Transformers Fall of Cybertron. For those of you who don't know, Transformers Fall of Cybertron was developed by High Moon Studios, great company. It is a third-person um, action adventure game. Yeah, I'd call it action adventure. Yeah. Third person shooter action adventure game, um, where you play as fa- uh, famous Autobots and Decepticons in the final days of Cybertron. It's a pretty fun game. Um, it is a direct sequel to the game War for Cybertron, which kind of expl- which that game kind of explained, um, the creation of all these characters and explains where they came from and why the war started. 
This game is a little bit different in that game, in, in that you do not play a certain campaign. You don't play a good guy campaign and a bad guy campaign separately. What they do is they give you specific chapters of this entire of this entire week long cycle that just kind of that you just kind of play through, and you play, and you will swap between different characters. So, for example, at the opening stage, the introduction stage, the tutorial stage, you play as Bumblebee as the Autobots try to escape the Earth. Um, after that stage, you will um, you will have a flashback to a week before where you play as Optimus Prime trying to defend their spaceship, the Ark, from um, being destroyed by the Decepticons. And and right there, you see a cool to begin with. Um, Bumblebee is a fast and swift character. He's really quick moving. He's got some uh, he's got some uh, light. Uh, weaponry that can that has rapid shots. Um, when you get to playing Optimus Prime, he's a little bit bigger and a little bit bulkier, so he's a tougher character. Um, that being said, he has a he's a little more shotgun licensed, so his shots are a little more powerful, even if they don't have the uh, rapid fire that Bumblebee would. Um, and his truck mode is actually tougher, so if you need to break through something, you don't need to shoot it; you can just ram through it, um, which is which is a really cool aspect. And then as you go through the game, you'll get to play as characters like um, Megatron, you'll get to, who is a tank essentially. He's in a, he's a he's he's actually a walking tank, so it's fun to just mow through enemies and just get to get to the next point where you get to fight the next mini boss or whatever. Um, there is also the character uh, Cliff Jumper, uh, which actually lends himself more to a stealth uh, character because he's able to turn invisible and sneak up on enemies, and that that provides some really cool gameplay that you wouldn't have thought a Transformer could have done before. Um, and yeah, there's a whole plethora of creature uh, of characters you can play as. Um, it's a really fun game. I would recommend it to anyone. And just, um, and these characters aren't licensed uh, or restricted to lands. There are a couple couple stages where you can play as a flying character and those those stages where you can go around and fly and shoot people as planes or jets or whatever that's they're pretty cool so i would definitely recommend um i'm i mean it's the the campaign itself is pretty fun to play and that's why most people go to these games that being said um i can't speak to the state of the servers right now because it's a while since i checked out the game but the multiplayer man the multiplayer was dope basically every multiplayer match they would give you uh four classes to choose from your car cast class, your truck class, your tank class, your jet class. Every multiplayer match game you play, um, you'd be able to choose one of the four classes, depending on the mode, whether it's um, Headhunter or if it's, uh, which is basically, um, oh, what's the name? Um, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know the name of it, but you kill someone, you go pick up their um, remnants to gain points. Um, there was the um, capture the flag mode. There was the uh, capture the node mode, which is basically just um, hold the position mode. I forget the name of that mode. It's you hold you hold the position and you gain points every time you hold it or if you take it. And then there's a standard team deathmatch mode. Um, but you get to choose in between one of those four classes, and uh, all those four classes had different weapons to utilize, different uh, abilities they could uh, um, use within the match. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was pretty competitive. It got pretty competitive sometimes. Um, and this is where Transformers Fall of Cybertron excelled the most because I was I I more often than not never got dropped on a, online. Um, the shooting was tight. Um, the community was generally nice actually, um, and it was fun to actually because the thing that this shooter offered that many others didn't was you could transform right on the spot between two different uh, abilities to shoot. And abilities to move, and it was 
such a unique experience in terms of me. I had played in shooter. I had played shooters before, but nothing like this. Um, and it's why I have such fond memories of it. Plus, the characters are just so good to hear from them because I'm a Transformers fan as well. So yeah, um, <clears throat> that is my game of reflection. Uh, if you like what I hear, you can um, always check out online. I know multiple outlets have opinions on the game. Um, it's one of the best Transformers games out there to date, definitely. Um, <clears throat> considering how old it is, but yeah, definitely go and check it out, and uh, maybe you'll enjoy it, maybe you won't, it's okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, that is about it for me. Um, it's been a lovely time to have you on the Geek Galaxy Video Game Show Episode 2. Um, in terms of what you want to do with this information, um, I'm going to be posting an episode every Saturday, hopefully. I mean, don't hold me into that. It's senior year. I got some crap to do in terms of score, but I hope to be able to get an episode out every single Saturday. Um, you can listen to it on SoundCloud. Eventually, I'm going to be posting it onto uh, uh, iTunes. I got to get through some of the licensing issues right now. I got to get through, or I could get through some of the sign-up process right now. Um, so I'll notify anybody who pays attention to this when that is. Um, you want to keep up with the show? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DaveGable64. It's D-A-V-E-G-A-B-E-L 64. Um, and Facebook, you can follow me at David Gable. I'll be the guy shooting out of a tank. Um, so yeah, um, I write a pretty pop, I write pretty good blog, I gotta say for myself, called thegeekgalaxy.blogspot.com. It's actually where this um, podcast is associated with and affiliated with. Um, so check that out. I have a couple of good posts. I just posted... Um, some exciting information and why I'm excited about Mighty Number no. 9. I also gave a late review to Inside Out, which I will admit had me bawling by the end of the movie. It was emotional. It was emotional. It was an emotional roller coaster for me. It was a major emotion picture, which is what their tagline was. And I didn't buy it until I saw it. But yeah, so definitely go check out my blog and um, you know spread the word to your friends. If someone, if you know someone who's pretty interested in. Uh, geek culture or geek fandom, um, send them my way. I'll, uh, um, I'll be interested. I'll, I'd love to have some banter with them, uh, just discuss with them over social media. And that's the thing. Talk to me on social media anytime you guys want. Just hit me up with questions, um, comments. Uh, let me know how the show is. Let me see if... Give me some constructive criticism if there's something you want changed. Um, so, yeah. But beyond that, um, thank you so much, you guys, for listening to me. Uh, I will hope to see you... Uh, next time, hopefully next Saturday, um, until then, live long and prosper, um, Godspeed, may the forest be with you, see you next time.